Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. This is Lovecraft Country Chronicles, part of the Fan-Sided Podcast Network. Please welcome your hosts, Mia Johnson and Natalie Zamora. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Lovecraft Country Chronicles podcast. I'm Natalie Zamora, and I'm joined by my co-host here. Hi, I'm Mia Johnson. And we have so much to discuss per usual. I'm never going to open this up and not say that. But I mean, we have so much to talk about this episode nine. We're coming down to the finale. It's crazy. Where did the time go? I know. I, I, I honestly can't believe it. And... Gosh, yeah, one more episode, but I'm excited yeah. to talk about this one first because this one was a doozy. Yeah, there was so much. And so, Mia, what do you think was just your general reaction to oh. this episode? What was like the tone of it? Was it scary? Was it sad? Because I came out of it very sad. I was very emotional. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I was too. This one was the first thing that stuck out to me was that this was the first episode where the stakes felt real like the stakes were high um and you know because before it was like thinking like on episode four or whatever it's like Atticus is going to the tomb it's like yeah does he really need to do that yeah you know a lot of the times like (laughs) do they really need to do that but this time it was like okay D's life is at stake yeah um we've got to go back in time because it's the only way we can get the book and we need like they literally went out to Christina for help yeah so yeah so much was going on and I really I thoroughly enjoyed this uh and like I said last week, it was like they, it finally seemed like they found their footing. They found their voice mm-hmm. as a show. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was pretty consistent all across the board. And <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm sad that now, you know, it, it took like the last three episodes for them to finally have that feeling of consistency. Yeah, I know, I know. Because now I'm just like, okay, well, it's about to end. So cool. I need yeah. more. <laughs> there needs yeah. to be more. But I agree. Yeah, I feel like most of the time, like you said, the episode with, when they went into the tomb and all of that, you know, it was like they were doing research. It was kind of just magic for the sake of magic. Christina yeah. <laughs> being crazy. And this one was like, oh, no, like this needs to happen right now or people are going to die. Exactly. So, that was a lot. Um, so we're going to, I'll do a quick rundown of the episode, but before I do that, we want to plug another podcast friends that we have. Um, so the crickets podcast network on downright creepy, it features three new horror podcasts that we think all of our listeners are going to want to add to, uh, you know, your just podcast rotation. So from the macabre to the creepy, they have a show for every horror fan this Halloween season. Do you want to get some movie recommendations or hear about the best films and more modern horror? Then the Creepcast is for you. It's hosted by Panic Fest co-founders who are Casey Canton and Adam Roberts. And you can check out the Crickets Podcast Network on downrightcreepy.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. So, yeah, that's right. It is creepy season. I was like, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I know. You all can't see in the background here, but I always like swap out some of the decor. Like my pillows are now orange on my couch. Oh, I have cute. an orange blanket 
And I have a couple of pumpkins behind me that you can't see. I usually don't go all out in my Halloween decoration, yeah. but like, you know, like the subtle, like, HGTV way of doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I know that was me. I'm the same way. I'm like just little decorations. Definitely the pumpkin candle is a is a must. Yes, I'm, I'm literally <laughs> not to get too off topic. I'm yeah. literally going out to get some uh, fall scented items, mm-hmm. maybe some pumpkin spice or things like that when I'm done with work. So I'm counting down the hours till I can clock out. <laughs> Exciting. <laughs> Okay. All right, back to the program. <laughs> so this episode, it is called Rewind 1921, and that is literally what they did. They went back in time. Um, so in the beginning, we see that Dee is sick from that spell that was cast on her in the previous episode. Her arm is all, you know, messed up from um, being, it was basically like splashed by the two yeah, little girls yeah, last episode. Really gruesome. <laughs> yeah, so now it's like really, really weird looking. They, She is like, you know, unconscious. She's not good. So they go to Christina for help. Um, that's, I guess just, you know, their only hope, their only, the last straw that they can do. Um, yeah. So that was kind of a no-brainer. I was like, all right, let's get Christina up here. She's going to come eventually anyway. So let's, let's, let's get her help. So she agrees that she's going to help except there's of course one condition because she always needs something. Um, So Atticus has to go back to Artem the night of the equinox. And yeah, we know just from, I think the previous episode and the one before that, that Christina has this plan the night of the equinox Mm -hmm. to become immortal somehow, even though we thought she might've been already, I, I don't know what she's doing. (laughs) Yeah, I had that down in my notes. I was like, so Christina isn't immortal, Mm -hmm. but whatever she did back at the docks or whatever in the last episode was just some sort of, you know, half step. Yeah. Uh, Which also I had a question in my notes as well. I got to keep notes here. Yeah. I'm trying to understand why Christina like needs Atticus's blood to perform the ceremony. Is it for yeah. you know, reasons? <laughs> I honestly don't know. Yeah, she's always like just so cryptic about everything that she needs. Yeah. So I feel like we're gonna have to see it to understand. Yeah, like okay, I do get like they tried to explain it when they needed Atticus to open the portal to Eden. Mm-hmm. Um. And apparently that was going to be some, I don't know, a great reset or something for Christina's father. And he died. But yeah, Christina doesn't really make it clear why they need Atticus unless they're still running off of this, you know, sort of rule where it's like you need someone who's close of blood or something like that. So Yeah, that's the only thing I can like think of that would make sense but otherwise it feels like she just has like something against Atticus (laughs) (laughs) at this point (laughs) I know but it's your cousin you know let's (laughs) let's be family let's come together let's go to Olive Garden that's yeah (laughs) that would be a good (laughs) spinoff um so okay so he agrees that he's gonna do that and then Hippolyta comes back yeah thank goodness and she's like D is sick, you know, she's right back mom figure, finally, thank God. Um, And then so she proposes that they're going to use the multiverse time machine, which is what she calls it. And I was like, Mm -hmm. um, to go back to 1921 Tulsa to get the book of names, um, which is insane. And Montrose is like, going back to Tulsa, like, no, we're not, which we understand why later on in the episode. So 
Atticus, Letitia, and Montrose go back in time and they try not to change anything in the past that could affect the future. You know, the whole butterfly effect thing mm-hmm. going on, which is always terrifying. I'm always watching shows like that and I'm like, don't do it. Please. I know. <laughs> you know, one thing, you know, touch one thing and it goes wrong. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they did a good job about that minus that one little part about Atticus, which I guess was a, I know, you know, a, a weird self-fulfilling prophecy. I don't think that's necessarily the word for it because this type of stuff doesn't happen often where you go yeah. back in time and realize that you're the person who you were always talking about but didn't know who that person was. Yeah. <laughs> but I thought that was kind of clever. Yeah, that was really cool. I was like, oh, yes, it's yeah. so cool. Um, <laughs> so, okay, so obviously, yes, we both like this episode. I liked it a lot. Um, did we like the structure of it? Just having them, I thought so in the beginning, I was kind of like, uh, this is kind of might be a throwaway episode. Like just in the fact that they have to figure out so many things, so many people need to be Mm -hmm. informed of different things. Um, so in the beginning I was like, okay, let's see where this is going. But then when they did the time travel, I was fully, fully, fully into it. And I, I was really, really excited about it. Um, Gosh. Yeah. And I, I said this last time I was like, I know this isn't a sci-fi show, but that's where mm -hmm. I lean more towards with my, uh, my, my, what the things that I like basically type of shows that I like. (laughs) So I was like, I understand they don't have to be completely sci-fi, but when they came back with this, when Hippolyta came back, mm-hmm. and she was basically like, we're going to go back in time. I was like, yes! Yeah, it, <laughs> when, it really is, I think, a sci-fi show. Like maybe the second or third genre, but it's got a lot yeah. of elements in there. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, basically, you know, this is Doctor Who, just like my yeah. wish, my yeah. prayers have been answered. <laughs> Hippolyta was basically like the Doctor. It was like, you know, now she could control this time machine. Yeah. Um, she was all powerful. And um, they had, they she revealed that she was there for 200 years. Yeah, so, what? Oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which for for something so like mind blowing, everybody there was like, you yeah, know, right? Oh, I know, I know. I feel like everyone just had their own agenda of like crazy stuff yeah. happening to them that they were just like, all right, you're back. Just tell me what to do. I know. But, but well, okay, yeah. where does this rank though? Because Hippolyta living for two hundred years in a parallel universe, um, almost to me, top some of the other weirder experiences, maybe second to letty dying and then being revived yeah yeah i agree yeah and they definitely did not um make that a huge thing like you said so it was kind of just like if you didn't pay attention for a split second you would have missed it but yeah yeah, that's insane i and and atticus was there for like not long at all when he went so yeah he he was like in and then they spit him back out so his yeah he can experience those even there. <laughs> yeah, honestly, it's crazy. Um, I felt like this episode was kind of focused on Montrose the most. I mean, everyone had their own thing, and I think it showed the different relationships um, growing really well and developing. But I think Montrose was a real focus here because we get to see you know the major events from his past and how he's dealt with the trauma or you know has it just you know alcohol and whatnot but yeah um how he's been trying to deal with it and then he also you know drops the bomb to Atticus that Uncle George might be his father and that was a huge I was like oh sh-. like he <laughs> Montrose was very you know dropping the reveals this time and I liked it because so many times throughout the show 
they don't communicate with each other and they all uh-huh. know the same thing, but uh-huh. they don't know it. Um, that brings me to, I remember, was that in the last up? Yeah, that was the last episode when they were preparing the spell for Atticus, the protection spell. Mm-hmm. And like you said, Montrose is always revealing these things. And that's when Atticus was like, well, do you have something else that you've yes. been hiding? I don't know why <laughs> that didn't register to me that that would have been the other big secret that Montrose oh, is know. hiding. Probably because it was one of those, you know, like ironic situations where the audience knows but not necessarily yeah. the character so i was like oh okay literally i just thought of that this moment like oh yeah. that's what he meant to tell you know atticus i know i didn't think of that either just because we hadn't really like thought it hadn't been brought to our attention since like mm-hmm. what the second episode also yeah. he just has so many secrets so it could have been anything <laughs> yeah so this episode i was still I think this whole time I've just been struggling to either sympathize for Montrose Mm -hmm. or maybe I can empathize for him. But the sympathy is kind of weird just because he has always been this aggressive character. He's always putting up a wall. Yeah. But it's like I I get why he's putting up a wall. I get why he's done the things that he has done. Um, I just think that that guardedness still hasn't really made me love him as a you know as yeah. a complex character it's it's really hard to explain it's like i've never I really know. been like oh poor you know montrose poor I, know. <laughs> I know i agree yeah that was a question i'm thinking is do we have sympathy for him and yeah, yeah. i mean in this episode i feel bad but also you know mm-hmm. it doesn't warrant all the other things that he's done um again it's hard to say obviously i haven't been in his position so i don't know but you know it just doesn't it doesn't make sense to me that it's like he went through all this abuse with his dad only to do the same thing. I understand that's a pattern that it does happen. So mm-hmm. I guess it does make sense, but I'm just watching him and I'm like, why did you do that? Like why? Yeah. <laughs> I think what's frustrating and again, I don't it's like I don't want to put this on the writers because it's, you know, it's a tool to to show how this character is or isn't developing. Yeah. So I think it's more my frustration of literally just his personality that whenever it does feel like he's making a breakthrough um, or is opening up, then he kind of closes back up again. He gets yeah. defensive. He can't mm-hmm. just be like, you know, he can't just let his guard down and tell Atticus everything. Except for maybe at the end of this episode. Yeah. Um, Maybe that changes things a little bit. But for the most part, through his whole journey, it's always, you know, I'm going to open up and then I'm immediately going to close myself off again because I'm not, you know, he's still trying to find that confidence within himself, basically. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Maybe now, like, all the cards are on the table. I I think we know mostly everything about, you know, what he's carrying, all that baggage. So maybe Mm -hmm. now that Atticus knows what happened with the Thomas, which we'll get into, um, and he knows, you know, that um, he's been with men and that his relationship with his Atticus's mom wasn't entirely, you know, romantic. Um, So maybe now, you know, he can be a bit more vulnerable and not just be a jerk, (laughs) for lack of better words. (laughs) I know. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, that's the thing with uh, his his friend Thomas. That was Mm -hmm. very bittersweet because it does, you know, it it makes you wonder what would have been if, you know, back in like the 20s, which is unimaginable. Like, Mm -hmm. it's like to think about where we are just 
with, you know, LGBTQ rights and acceptance now where we're, you know, there's still some people who are unaccepting or who have, you know, all these sorts of opinions. So it's like, I can only imagine something being like back in 1921 where, you Mm -hmm. know, you're black male and he's dealing with this queerness inside Mm of him that I can, you know, I'm a little more sympathetic to yeah. um especially just after seeing that the whole scene he's what he watched like two really heartbreaking scenes in his life again the first yeah. one was like you said when his dad came out and just beat him open on the street yeah that was terrible uh, and then the second one which was very traumatic was yeah seeing um his friend thomas die just you know being shot cold blood which is like holy that was a yeah, lot. That was a lot. That to was a lot. Yeah, that was very graphic too. It's like, oh yeah. my god, it happened so fast. I was like, what did I just watch? Okay, I know. Uh, but yeah, that was really sad. Um, so yeah, I felt really emotional for for Montrose. Yeah, also for Atticus having to watch his dad go through it because I'm sure Atticus had such you know torn feelings about it. Mm-hmm. He's trying to tell him like so. Basically, Montrose is saying. He Atticus goes after Montrose because he thinks he's going to try to tell Uncle George that, you know, warn him about his death. And he finds Montrose and it turns out, no, he wants to warn Thomas, the um, kid that, you know, he either, you know, had a crush on or they were in a a secret relationship or what it was. Um, He was going to warn him that he was going to get shot. And Atticus is still just like, you can't. You can't do it because yeah. what if I was never born then? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that that was a lot. That was a lot. Um, yeah, that would have been a lot at risk because it would be Montrose, you know, sacrifice. Would he even be sacrificing? He would be ob- getting a gain from having that, you know, possible relationship somehow come to fruition in the future. Mm-hmm. But yeah, then that would mean he wouldn't have, you know, gotten with... Atticus's mom, which mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure out. It seems like they almost resolved the paternity thing where um, Montrose was like, you know, I really, in order to prove his manliness, in order to cover, you know, cover up his sexuality, he was mm-hmm. like, I really, you know, the the most important thing to me was having a son so that I could prove that. Yeah. So in that moment, it seemed like all of a sudden he became very confident that Atticus was his son again. I don't know yeah. if that's, that was their intention or... Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was interesting. And that was like his whole explanation for like, no, I can save Thomas and still have you because, you know, all like all I've ever wanted was, you know, to have a son. That was, you know, that was my point in life type yeah. of thing. And I was like, I don't know. I didn't like buy it that much <laughs> because it's, it was too risky. I don't know. Did you buy that whole explanation? Yeah, it it really to me was just a and not in a bad way, a selfish thing to say, but it really it was like, you know, trying to gosh, and you know, you, you people say you can't correct the past. And this chance mm-hmm. he did have a, you know, an opportunity to correct the past. But again, like I was saying, I think it would still be at the detriment of of Atticus. Like, really, yeah. it really would have been a Back to the Future thing where, you know, Atticus yeah. would have never been born. And now his life is completely different and all these sort of things have happened. So, yeah, yeah. that's yeah. why I was a proponent. I was like, you know, don't don't alter the past. Just, you know, you just have to kind of unfortunately stay and watch these things happen. Um, very traumatic to relive it. But 
you know, that's just how it is. They had their mission and that was it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. They, yeah. Atticus was on a mission that, that leads me to <laughs> yeah. my next point just about Atticus. Um, I think he really, in this episode takes on, you know, that hero figure, the hero role in the show. Um, you know, he agrees to go back to Artem if that means D will be saved, um, even though he knows that, you know, his fate is probably that he's going to die. So Christina can become immortal. Cool. Um, and then, like we mentioned, he becomes that mysterious man back in the 20, in 1921 when, uh, who saves Montrose and George. Yeah. That was crazy. But um, <laughs> so I think, yeah, like you said, like maybe a self-fulfilling prophecy or, you know, a hero type, that type of um that type of figure, I think he really took on. So now I'm kind of like, do, do I just like him? I don't know. What do yeah, you yeah. I think last week I was just really mad at Atticus for, mm-hmm. you know, leaving Jaya. Now, he technically didn't make up, you know, he didn't apologize to her in this episode and he didn't do mm-hmm. anything to atone for those actions. Yeah. So I think I'm still going to have to withhold a couple <laughs> points from Atticus. Yeah. But, hmm, he was very heroic. I think it, it, he deep down has always had this sense of selflessness, mm-hmm. um, just not really always considering others, kind of how yeah. Eddie has always said, right? You have to consider all of us in your mm-hmm. actions, um, which, yeah, we can talk about Letty as well oh, <laughs> in yeah. a little bit. But so was he? Yeah, he was definitely more heroic. He was definitely literally like he he was stepping up to the plate like the baseball mm-hmm. bat was at his feet. <laughs> um, you know, baseball bat kind of ex machina itself into the script somehow. Yeah. But <laughs> uh, I really I really enjoyed that scene seeing him you know, pick it up, get ready mm-hmm. to be a hero. And I was waiting for him to like say the line. He was like, you have to say the line. You can't just do I it. Know. And then, you know, not say it. So yeah, I think just because he was a little more heroic in this episode, he wasn't really too mean to anybody. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I can accept him a little bit. He's okay. He's, he's up a little bit higher now. I'll, I'll give you that. Yeah. Much. I agree. I agree. I liked him in this episode, but overall, yeah, I'm still still a little have, salty. Yeah, you know, I have a uh, something that was in the back of my mind, and I wonder mm-hmm. if you think this has been resolved. Is when, um, oh gosh, I don't know if this was either before they went through the portal or during, mm-hmm. like just as, and you know, Atticus and Montrose were finding out all these things. Basically, Atticus was like. You know, when this is over, when this is done, when D is saved, you know, me and you are done. You know, I don't want to. He's basically breaking off the relationship. I was wondering, yeah. do you think that that's still going to happen where he doesn't want to talk to Montrose anymore? Or do you think their whole, you know, story, their whole mission basically in this kind of helped to patch that now? Yeah, that's a good question. I think that it's sol- it's been solved you know, he, I think he said that more so out of anger. And mm-hmm. he, obviously we talked about his past with Montrose is not great at all. Um, not a healthy relationship, but yeah, I think after him seeing everything that he went through and then, you know, being involved in it too, I think that mm-hmm. might've, might've solved it. What do you think? I, yeah, I, I do think that 
the final scene kind of repaired their relationship. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. think they have any bad blood between one another, especially when they had that talk in the alley and he was talking about, you know, saying that I, I really want to have a son and all that. So I do yeah. think it's resolved. I hope that there won't be any more tension between them because it's like, yeah, the stakes are higher than ever now. And they really need to come together and work together. Yeah. Yeah, I think if anything, he'll need Mancho's again in the finale. Um, yeah. Everything going back to Artem. <laughs> I can't imagine Mancho is not going to Artem with him. You know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Mancho, that's... Oh, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say, <laughs> I think, like, there's no way he's going alone. Yeah, yeah, that's the one thing. It's like Mancho's has had his problems throughout this whole thing, but he has still really been a family man and he's still really yeah. been the person to like, you know, he wants to protect his grandchild, his son and all these other people. So he, he, you know, he cares. Sometimes it's just hard to see that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's like weird to call him. I wouldn't say it's straight up reliable because you yeah. know, he is, he is an alcoholic and all these things, but yeah, when it matters, he'll show up. <laughs> Gosh. So, um, yeah, as far as now we're thinking about Atticus, Atticus in like the finale. Yeah. Gosh, will he survive? You know, I, I really. Uh, <laughs> I know, we all have these ideas. You can go ahead first. <laughs> no, I was gonna say. I think last episode, I thought maybe he was going to die, but then with this one, just him having that, you know, hero figure, I think he's gonna see it through. But I don't know if it's going to be a happy ending. Like, I think maybe mm-hmm. someone's going to die. Maybe Montrose. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to say Letty because I don't want to put that out into the I universe. Know. I know. <laughs> it's knock on wood. Yeah, honestly. Hmm. Yeah, I, you know, I'm usually a fan of kind of that, like, last minute, 11th hour save. So, like, just when mm-hmm. you think it's getting bad, yeah, the hero has an ace up their sleeve. Now, I don't really know if Atticus is that type of person to have an ace up their sleeve. Like, you know, there's so many characters who are like, you know, just when you think they're at their lowest, they had like one final plan. Mm -hmm. I'm not, (laughs) not to be me. I don't know if Atticus has has been that sharp enough to, Mm -hmm. to think like 10 steps ahead. That to me isn't really his character. He's more of a just kind of, spur the moment you know responding to the action yeah so i feel like there might be someone else to have to save him at the last minute um, yeah could I be agree. jaya i know <laughs> that's what i'm hoping <laughs> somehow Ooh, in a way yeah. that's not too cheesy or you know mm-hmm. um forced but because yeah she could i don't know how much knowledge she has about his death or what she Mm -hmm. sees but she might be that final person to come in and the avengers theme is like blasting when she comes in (laughs) everybody's clapping and cheering that's just kind of my own fan fiction so (laughs) i know i'm trying to think of ways that this could happen with jaya that you know would work and i'm Mm -hmm. really not sure like could she somehow trick christina Mm, but now I'm thinking too. I mean, we'll get into Christina and Ruby, but you know, I, is could Christina die? Would do we even want that? Because Ruby is so invested. Uh, so Ooh. many questions. <laughs> My mind is just like going off with random theories. I'm gonna have to write these down. Yeah, I think that 
to me, there's no redeemableness, if that's a word for Christina, <laughs> to make it through. Um, if Jaya were to come in and like pierce her or something and kill her yeah. instantly, I would have no problem with that. Yeah. <laughs> Just because it was like, it was nice for Christina to help um, during this, but she still want, it was still a, a quid pro whatever, oh, yeah. you know, um, she still wanted something out of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the reason I can't say quid pro quo is yeah. <laughs> because of Austin Powers, the movie. <laughs> he said something like squid pro rope. Oh. <laughs> so me as a kid that. is like, ah, yes, yeah, squid pro row. So now <laughs> as an adult, I cannot say that thanks to uh, Austin Powers. But that's, that's basically what Christina was operating off of. She always, there's, there always has to be something in it for her. Yeah. Uh, which I, I, think is even the reason why she's still with Ruby in the first place. Yeah. I, it's it's honestly hard to say that their relationship has like a solid foundation. And I'm still I mad know. at Ruby too for being in this relationship. I'm I big know. mad. I know. I know. Yeah. So yeah, let's talk about Ruby and Christina and then how Letitia fits into this too, because, you know, now she knows that Ruby is fully into it. Mm -hmm. Um, and of course at first she's mad, but then they have this conversation, um, when Christina's waiting in the car for Ruby and Ruby's kind of, you know, scolding, uh, Letitia for being with Atticus and Letitia's mad at her for being with Christina. (laughs) And, you know, Ruby's like, well, you know, she brought you back to life when her dad shot you and now she came and is helping us with D and she is fully, you know, I don't know if she's trying to convince herself that the relationship is okay, but mm-hmm. she was very, you know, fully defending Christina, which is like, okay, are you guys dating? Are you, what, what are you to find the relationship? Yeah, I really don't. I want to see what I put down in my notes because mm-hmm. let's see. I don't know if I made that many notes. I'll, okay. All I have here is Ruby mm-hmm. quote F Atticus just don't hurt my sister. <laughs> That was oh, yeah. that was to the point where uh, it was like Ruby doesn't seem to care about yeah. whatever's going on as long as Christina protects Letty. Um, gosh, where am I trying to go with this? I okay, I'll just say, and and I'll probably come to a conclusion at some point. To me, I don't see why Ruby would be putting Christina over her own family her own friends right she's known letty she's known her friends longer than christina and the only thing to me that christina has to offer is this you know magic little pill Mm -hmm. uh so for ruby to stick around even after knowing that christina has a master plan like an evil villain like let's be real (laughs) and you know she now knows that christina has this plot to kill atticus how can Ruby still be like so blase about this? Like how I know is there not anything wrong to her about that? Uh, it's like everybody is against Christina. So why are you the only yeah. one on her side right now? To me, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, I agree. I was shocked when she found out um, everything that Christina, I mean, not everything, because nobody knows what Christina's going to do, but, you know, her her general plan with the Equinox and becoming immortal, and she was like, I just need all of Atticus's blood, like, so casual, yeah. and Ruby didn't seem to care. She was just like, just don't hurt my sister, do whatever to Atticus, 
Ruby has this huge like thing against Atticus, and yeah. I want to know why. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, like she's because very against him. Yeah, which is weird because technically Ruby still had. I was, you know, the waters are still rocky with her and Letty. I, I don't think mm-hmm. even now that they've completely made up. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know if maybe that's her trying to get back at Letty still or. Yeah. I, it, it, it really baffles me. I have no clue why this yeah. is still <laughs> a relationship that's going on in this show. I think all signs point to, you know, get the heck out of there. You don't want anything to do with this. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think I would, though, like, I would love to not see Ruby on the fence. Like, if she's going to really go all Christina, then let her basically join the dark side. I think that would be a fascinating kind of turn. So at least we're not like, Ruby, why are you being dumb? You know, stop. (laughs) Stop playing around. Let her either fully be with Christina or fully, you know, be with Letty and the family. Yeah, I agree. And it, it's sad because we only have one more episode. So I don't think we're going to get, you know, those answers fully yeah. fleshed out. But <laughs> I want them. <laughs> um, we need the spinoff of Ruby. It's I decided know, now. <laughs> write to your senators, write to your congressmen and let them know we need a second season. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, though. Yeah, their relationship, it bothers me, but I'm also fascinated just because Christina is so annoying to me, but then I'm also very interested in like, why is this going on? So conflicted. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm a little sad that there probably won't be answers to these questions. Yeah. <laughs> well, another, you know, huge part of this episode beyond just going back in time and seeing everything that happened to Montrose and Tulsa, but you know, all this magic is still going on. We saw the one scene with Lancaster, which was like, what? I I don't understand what's going on. So basically Letty confirms that Lancaster died. Mm -hmm. Um, She says, what did she say? She made up an excuse like an oil spill or something. Oh, I didn't even catch that. (laughs) (laughs) I might be making that up, but she like, she kind of just made up some excuse of how he died. Um, she said something happened on her street or something. Um, so then Christina, you know, obviously as William goes to find Lancaster to mm-hmm. see what's going on. And he's dying, but he has, you know, the, the black torso. Yeah. And I guess he wants another one. So I'm wondering, like, has he been doing this a lot? Like, they're just taking bodies yeah, that's that's what it sounds like. They were, you know, using these body pieces to keep him alive. And this yeah. was the one time that it just didn't work, um, mm-hmm. which was really weird. I am still confused about the stone that was placed in his room. You remember, like, this whole thing about Ruby and William slash Christina was, like, she wanted... Ruby to put the stone with the little symbol in his office. Mm-hmm. I I don't have a clue what that did. <laughs> I know, me either. Yeah, and it was such a crucial thing. Like that was the reason why. Wasn't that the whole reason why Christina gave Ruby the potion to begin with? Like she was yeah. like, "I'll just need a favor eventually," yeah. and that was the favor. It was like, okay. <laughs> Is there something yeah. I'm supposed to know? And also, so the symbol that was on the rock, it was like part of this protection spell that Atticus found, if I recall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was I was like, is she protecting the captain or 
I don't know that that need a lot more explanation. Um, because even like as he lay dying, when he saw William slash Christina taking the stone out of his desk, and he could have been like, "Oh, it's the this." I how know. could you do that? That that just would have been a tiny little satisfying line to tell us what that was all about. Um, yeah, even like the the man in his closet. I guess that I doesn't really need too much explanation, but. I guess it was just a creepy touch, but if there was right. something more to that, that would have been interesting as well. Yeah, I agree. Because that guy, what, they were just trying to get information out of him, right? Yeah. And then they were torturing him. But yeah, then it was, that was like a big scene because it was very, you know, scary and gross, um, <laughs> to put it bluntly. <laughs> but um, yeah, and then that was kind of just not explained. So yeah, maybe it was just, you know, to show that he's a terrible person, which we know. Yeah. He's, the, he's the worst one of the bunch. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but yeah that was crazy and that the scene of him you know dying was pretty fast too so they were you know explaining a lot of stuff and I was trying to catch up and yeah that was another we mentioned it before but it was very like the get out you know taking the black mm-hmm. body to use to your advantage and I was like oh no no, no. Oof, terrible yeah, terrible yeah. I was like, just finally just die already please I know yeah that, that was weird so <laughs> to say the least yeah Uh, oh you know i did have a hypothesis last week because we were wondering if that was him that died in the accident so technically yes he was injured uh and i was wondering if that would have broken the spell for d apparently not i know yeah i'm still you know what though i'm still not really 100 percent sure what you know the titus pages and the Hiram pages <laughs> or the ratio pages yeah. and the book of names still, you know, how they all intertwine. Mm-hmm. It's like the I pages know. were ciphers for the book of names. Um, Cause that was obviously really big because they needed to go back to 1921 to get the right. book of names to help D. Um, but yeah, for some reason it's just, there's so many like different little things with that, that I, mm-hmm. it, I just completely checked out. No, I know what you mean. There's a lot of people involved in different ways. And I feel like a lot of it still is vague. Like, we're obviously paying attention, so it shouldn't be this hard. (laughs) Yeah, more than the average Um, listener, I would assume, or reader, or watcher. So that, yeah, if that's still confusing to us, I think that's a problem. I know, I know. Yeah, I'm like watching it two times and I'm still like, yeah, that part, Mm, I'm not sure. Um, But um, I'm hoping that, you know, Christina, so Christina needs the pages, which she has. And now um, they have the uh, Atticus and Letty and everyone, they have the book. So hopefully, you know, once they go to Artem, she's going to use the pages. They Mm -hmm. have the book. So Things need to be explained, even if it's, you know, we just watch it all happen. That's what I'm hoping for. More of like, we'll watch it all unfold instead of, you know, Christina standing there doing her monologue of just facts (laughs) and history. I know. Yeah. You know what? What could be an advantage is that because they have the book ahead of giving it to Christina, they have ample time to study it. You know, they've got a six hour car ride back home. Uh, so, you know, there's that's some light reading for them to maybe find a particular spell that they could cast or to use in the final ceremony ahead of the finale or whatever she plans to do to Atticus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, a lot to a lot to happen in one episode. <laughs> I know. I know. 
Um, I had here, do we have a fear factor award this week? Because oh my gosh. I, I think, did you think that parts were scary? I think I was more, you know, sad and emotional. I was. Yeah. The, the way that the horror and the frightening images were used this time. Yeah. Weren't so much scary. They were really mm-hmm. either used for shock value yeah. in an in appropriate way, not just like shocking for the sake of shocking. Um, mm-hmm. Like I was interested to see that D. She like actually turned into the one of the creepy yes. girls. I was like, oh. yeah. <laughs> I know. So, yeah. yeah, that was and, the one thing that I was like, maybe that was you know scary. Also, when she when uh, Christina was like saying the spell to um, ooh, take yeah. it back, her arms were like, it looked, like bugs crawling out of there. That yeah. was pretty gross. Yeah, I would say more things were yeah shocking or unsettling yeah um or the part where letty watched the um nana or whoever burn up in yes. the fire i was like holy yes. crap <laughs> yeah yeah it was more yeah intense that i was also sad but like unsettled yeah, yeah. that was really traumatizing but uh yeah so not too much scary uh there I, in our notes here there is a part about like at the end too with letty walking through the fire not yes. scary but just a really powerful ending i really had to give that it up to them for this one they really seem to nail it with the powerful endings and this yes. one it was like with the song playing yeah. and letty walking through the fire and then hippolyta is like levitating i know <laughs> oh my gosh. Like, oh wow there's a lot going on right now yeah uh, so yeah that was really really powerful and even like there was this scene where when montrose is staring out down the street and at the fire Yes. You're like looking through the window at him so you can mm-hmm. see the reflection of the fire is like burning within him. I was like, oh, the symbolism. <laughs> I love yeah. that so much. So, yeah. yeah, hats off again to the cinematographer. Um, yeah. Really, really nailed it on this episode. I was really impressed. I agree. I agree. Yeah. That's why I feel like it was more emotional than anything, just because not every scene, but most of the scenes were just extremely powerful. And I was just sitting yeah. there, just, you know. I feel like now, you know, the last few episodes, I'm just like at a loss for words at the end of everyone. Exactly. And this was one of those, sometimes like if I'm watching a show, if I really want to just like sit and marinate on it, you know, Netflix and mm-hmm. all these places are always like, here, click next so you can watch the next episode. Yeah. Sometimes they actually just like for the song to play so you can, mm-hmm. you know, just kind of sit during the credits and be like, whoa. So yeah. this was the first time where usually once it's over, it's over. I click the X button. And I'm like, okay, I'm done. This mm-hmm. one, I was like, I had to sit and hear the song and the credits and kind of reel over what everything that just happened. Yeah, I did that too. And then um, the song and the credits, this was the first time that it wasn't the cinema man mm-hmm. song. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Ooh, okay, things are getting real. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I was like, Dang it. If this wasn't a once a week thing, like let's say if I were watching, uh, you know, a year from now or something or Netflix mm-hmm. and they just dropped the whole thing, I would have immediately watched episode 10. Like oh, yeah. no hesitation. I think this was probably one of the best cliffhangers they've had yet. Yeah, uh, I agree. And I was like, dang it. I wish I could just hit the next button and watch the next episode. I am. This is the first time for me that I'm like so frustrated that I can't immediately watch the next episode. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, this is like one of those things where it's like midnight and it's like, all right, I don't really care how late it is. I need to finish this right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I usually have patience this time. It's like, oh, my patience is, is very thin. I can't wait for the finale. I know, me either. So many things need to be solved. <laughs> um, do you have any other 
thoughts to add before we wrap up? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> no, I just really, I really, I'll say I, I really enjoy the time travel aspect of this. Again, Thank really. You. Doctor Who, like them having to assimilate in the culture. And I was actually, I was surprised because, you know, I didn't read the book or any, I didn't finish the book. So I was like, I wasn't expecting them to go back to Tulsa. It was like, they were always talking about it and talking about it. I know, I was like, I, know. I, I guess it makes sense for them to go back in time and revisit this crucial moment in time that they keep talking about. So it was like, you know, I'm hitting myself because I'm like, oh, I should have known, I should have known that this was going to happen. And Man, I really, I have no clue how they're going to wrap things up. Like I said, I, I want Atticus to live. I want Jaya to come in with that last minute save. And I, I'm i wondering if they could change the course of history, like in that Lovecraft book. Can they, you know, George Freeman II, technically mm -hmm. already, there's already some weird things about his book, right? Like, again, yeah, there's G changes. being Horace and Uncle George living. So I'm like, mm -hmm. if there could be changes in his book, then maybe in this yeah. timeline, there can also be changes. So we yeah. shall see. <laughs> Uh, so excited. Um, so for our listeners, the question that I want you guys to answer is, you know, the one that we're all wondering, we want to know, is Atticus going to survive? What yeah. do you guys think? Tweet at us and, um, you know, keep leaving us the good reviews on Apple and leave us questions there. We always go through them and we really appreciate it. And we're sad that the show is almost over. I know, I know. Well, we're going to do it really big. We're going to make sure we talk about all the moments, bring oh, back yeah. all of our favorite guests to discuss, you know, inside and out the finale. So it's going to be, as, as you know, some people like to say, it's going to be huge. It's going to be yeah. a big one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, totally, totally. All right. Well, thank you everyone for listening and join us back on Thursday for our bonus episode and um, we'll see you next episode. See y'all. This podcast is brought to you by Fansided. Join our community of over 300 sites from sports to pop culture and everything in between. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done.